Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. This episode is sponsored by Polymorph Crafts. Visit polymorphcrafts.com to learn about their high-quality, compact, and affordable tabletop accessories. Last time on Dungeon Drunks! Oh wait, I want to do this differently this time. Last time on Dungeon Drunks. Travancore's cousin, Evelyn, has somehow gained control over a powerful devil and is using it to spy on the party, as well as other nefarious deeds. Because of that infernal contract and her vow to kill Travancore, the party has been told she must be killed. Our heroes know she is somewhere in the maze of tunnels under Waterdeep, called the Undermountain, but they also know other dangers lurk down there, including a dragon worshipped and served by an army of kobolds. Using the tracking abilities of their animal companions, they follow Evelyn's scent. But they've just been ambushed by a ghastly form shrieking out of a wardrobe! And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren, also known as Oboe Crazy, and I am drinking some Jack Daniels and honey, because this last weekend, before we recorded this, was Emerald City Comic Con, and we had friend of the show, Enzo, who you might know from Cheer Up Emo Kid, staying with us over the weekend, and he proceeded to buy us a giant bottle of one of my favorite drinks ever. So I have a, a large cup of Jack Daniels and honey that I've, I've already broken into. I also have some tea nearby, just in case. But mm, thank you, Enzo. Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening, some Scotto. I actually don't know what brand this is because I've had to read the bottle, but it's sweet and it's good. And I had this, um, actually, we opened the bottle last Saturday. I went to it with my wife and my Travancore Jr., on a date to this really nice Thai place not too far from here. So cheers. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> did did Travancore Jr. I'm assuming Travancore Jr. did not actually have any Thai food, but I might be wrong. No, no. Travancore Jr. is not a friend of the solid food yet. Everything is pureed. And one of the cool things we do is there's a produce place not too far away. So rather than buy the stuff in jars, um, the preservatives and all that, we just buy a ton of like uh, produce grind it well i say we but really it's it's my better half who does the work while i while i play with my kid but it's good i mean honestly she's better than we do good i think that's the way it's supposed to happen with with small children but you know i don't have one so what do i know jonathan what are you drinking hi this is jonathan i play jonathan the mad muscular tonight i am drinking a new drink <gasps> it is recommended by at falstaff uh who who let us know about it on twitter it is Fireball and Diet Cream Soda. It was advertised as tasting like a cinnamon roll, so I have thusly named it a Cinnabon Fire. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, everyone. And uh, let's see here. I have another note. Another note. This, a shot of Fireball today to be consumed at the first casting of Fireball, which will happen uh, very, very, very soon, is dedicated to Michael Appoint, a.k.a. Viserius. Thank you so much for donating. And this Fireball, to be cast pretty goddamn immediately, is for you. <laughs> well, well, we'll see. I mean, you never know what's going to happen until we roll initiative, which we're going to do right away. But we'll see, we'll see what happens. Carlton, what are you drinking? I am on the final 
soda of the random soda pack, <gasps> and it is a very iridescent <sighs> blue soda. Oh no! Thanks God, Jones. we're almost done. No, Jones Berry Lemonade Soda. Uh, and I cracked the uh, the the I cracked it open here, and it's got a quote on the inside: "A zesty partner is a big help in your efforts to get ahead." Truism. I feel like that's a double entendre. Yeah, same. Are we allowed to say that joke on on air? Mm. So, how is it? Uh, it's not the worst I've had. Uh, well, it's actually well, not bad at all. It's, it basically tastes like a berry lemonade. Uh, it's not super carbonated, and it's not super sugary like some of the others. Hmm. I call this one palpable. Pal- palpable. Palpable. Pal- 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 palpable. It's a palpable drink. I also, gulped words I really very like- well. I'm a barbarian. You are wearing, though, a very nice shirt. Would you like to describe for the audience what you're wearing? Yes. Uh, Roleplay Rally. It's oh. a local Austin convention where we play D&D, and it's got a beholder on it. So I now own, because of Idol Champions, I have two shirts in my wardrobe with a beholder on it. My favorite part of that beholder is he kind of looks like he's cross-eyed, but he still has this evil grin. So he just looks like he's cross-eyed evil. Like, I'm going to shoot you with my eye stalks right in front of me and miss everybody, which is the best kind of beholder in my opinion. Bernie, what are you drinking? I have actually another drink from Manitoulin Brewing Company, uh, which one of our listeners recommended them. This is called Cup and Saucer English Ale, and it also has, like, a really, really beautiful kind of monochromatic plum design, which is just, like, uh, if I don't... That's dope. I'm going to try to post on our Instagram what it looks like, but if I forget, it's just, like, really beautiful, a hiker in the woods. Very, very Canadian. Love it. And we're going to open up and see if it's any good. All right. Well, we've already had a, a an okay one from Carlton, so. Mm. Yeah, I like that. It's, All right. Uh, it's, it's not as hoppy, which is good because I don't super like hoppy things. Um, I think I liked the other one I have from the Blondale. I think I like the Blondale better, but this is still pretty good. Good. You know what's not pretty good? The wraith that's trying to claw off your face. Hey, everybody, roll initiative. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, right into it. We're just, we're just going <laughs> to do it. Right from the jungle. Yeah, no sleep for the it. wicked. Let's get some initiative. Travancore. 24, but that's a natural 20. Everyone Ooh, drink. Oh. Drink. Drink Let's and eat early. a cookie. Yeah. Eat a cookie and drink. Eat a cookie and a drink. Uh, Bernie. Those are 14. <laughs> 14. And Shadow? Shadow rolled a 12. Oh, you got the shadow voice. That was a very nice shadow voice. I approve. Carlton. <laughs> Uh, Carlton got a 13. And Jonathan... Jonathan got a 6. And Bucks got a 3. Wow, you guys kind of... I, I kind of asked for your numbers in order. How did Bucks get a 3? Did he roll a 0? What the He hell? rolled a 2, but he's only got a plus 2, a plus 1 dexterity. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was much higher than that. Nope. Oh, he's well. <laughs> well, the good news is you guys still rolled a lot better than... The uh, crazy thing in the wardrobe. So, to remind you of where you are and what's going on, since I just kind of threw you right into initiative, you guys are in a room that looks like a bedroom. There are a few wardrobes along the wall. There's two of them, in fact, one of which Bernie has thrown the doors open to. One of the doors has fallen off, obviously, a little termite infected. There is a decrepit bed in the corner that is... Soiled. It is seen wear and tear and age. the The room itself is has seen the ravages of time. There are two exits 
there's well there's three there's the door that you came from from the south there is a door to your east and then there's a little alcove leading to a door to your west the important thing about all this is that when bernie threw open the door not only did she see some moth beaten clothes and a few tattered remains of things she saw one cloak that did look like it was brand new practically and then some horrible disgusting smoke monster of craziness screeched at her and came charging out of the wardrobe uh she is startled by this and makes enough noise that travancore you get to go first you do see this thing but it is just barely coming out of the the wardrobe it's right in front of bernie i would like to describe bernie's reaction to this Please. It goes something like this. Travancore, <laughs> <laughs> you very clearly hear this bird-like screech coming from Bernie. And you see the beginnings of this horrible creature coming out of the wardrobe. Okay, hoping I can make a quick end of those beginnings. I'm actually going to cast my Hunter's Mark on this object. And I don't like that it's a smoke monster. That does not sit well with Travancore. But uh, but he, after casting Hunter's Mark, he's actually going to use a sharpshooter. Because, as you all know, Travancore gets advantage on when he's uh, before the uh, monster on his attacks. Yep. So, let's see. Do I believe I have to have- The sharpshooter the- gives you a negative five. Right. But if you hit, you get plus ten damage. But you have advantage because you, you be ranger crazy. So, with all that in mind- All right, let's roll. Let's see. Oh, all right. Shit, man. Will the 20 hit this thing? That's what's up. Yes, absolutely. Damn, I could have told you that. Travancore's going to save our lives tonight. That's my prediction. (laughs) So I got to add plus 10 to the damage, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So ordinarily, that's a lot. 10 is a lot. 10. Some people would be happy (laughs) just doing 10 damage to begin with. All right. So that's, okay, 24 plus the four from Hunter's Mark. So 28. Damage? Yeah. Yeah. So it's dead. So we don't, we're not, you, you, Bernie went, ah, and you went, oh shit. And you just shot it. And you were like, oh, well, glad that's dead. Let's move on. Cause that's what. Sadly, it is not dead, but Travancore, as your arrow streaks through this ethereal creature, it obviously feels it. This magic arrow just pierces through it, leaving a trail of uh, wispy black smoke, and it it reels a little bit and kind of reforms, but it is still there. Anything else? No, I'm done. All right. It is uh, Bernie. It is your turn. You are startled and freaked out and a little bit buoyed by the fact that you just saw Travancore do a metric ass ton of damage to this thing, whatever it is. With an arrow? With an with a with an arrow from Hequiva. So like Bernie knows that we're about to get into a giant ass fight, so she's gonna whip out Kevin. Okay. She's gonna do a thing. You're gonna excuse drunk Julia. Please. Listen, we are dungeon drunks. We excuse all drunkness. We excuse all being high on sugar. We excuse all things. Here's a fun fact, friends. Julia's been drinking all day. <laughs> Kevin's coming out and we're gonna use that's a twenty one. Uh, that does hit. You know what's great is I do an extra D8 damage. I wrote that down because I can now, as a level 8, infuse my weapon strikes with divine energy. And I do an extra D8 radiant damage. 
So you're going to infuse Kevin with your radiant energy. You're going to whack this thing. I do need the radiant and the rest of the damage to be split. Oh, so. okay. Well, okay, so that's the 1d8 plus 2 is 7. And then the All other... Right, so 7... 7 normal. Damage. And then 4 radiant. 4 radiant. Okay. And Birdie's like, ah! And just hits it. She just hits it. Like, spider, like... I saw a fucking spider style. She's lost her cool. <laughs> you sink your mace, Kevin, into this horrible ethereal being before you. You connect with it solidly, or at least it feels like it's solid. But for the, the brief moment that your mace connects, it feels like nothing really happens. Like you do very little damage. And then your divine energy sparks through your mace. And that seems to make it react. So. Oh. Oh, so it's gonna, it's gonna be like that, is it? Okay. Well, damn it. It seems to be like that, whatever you think that is, that that is that. But yeah, definitely, it took your radiant, but it didn't seem to care too much about your bludgeoning or piercing or whatever your mace is. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to do? Um, let's see. I'm up at, all up in Narnia. This thing's all up in there in, with me. If I move, it gets an attack of opportunity. Yes. All the All the cantrips I can think of that would help me our bard camp trips. <laughs> You've got a bonus action and a movement I at this point. I do have a bonus. So. As a bo- no, 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 Bernie's gonna just, she's gonna steal herself as a bonus action. <laughs> and she's gonna All be right. like, well, this is shitty. I hope my compatriots can kill it. Well, the good news is your compatriots are are still in initiative. Carlton, you're up next. You see Bernie literally grip Coco Snoot with her legs a little tighter than she normally does. Hearing Bernie's very uh, bird-like screech sends me into a fury, and so I'm raging as my bonus action. She learned it in Schuld. As uh, three spectral forms appear around me. Can I forego one of my, since I have two attacks, can I forego one of them to forcefully move Bernie? No, you'd have to use your whole action to to force a movement okay. on Bernie. So you'd have to give up both attacks. Well, the good thing is, is when I hit this thing, it'll have disadvantage to hit Bernie. So that works too. Uh, so I'm going to okay. do that. I'm going to hit it while raging. Okay. What weapon are you using? Uh, uh, let's go. Let's go. Uh, let's, let's go. Halberd. Halberd. Okay. It's probably it's undead. So hopefully, uh, some of it does some of it. Well, that's a natural one. Oh. Do we drink on that too? No. No, no we don't. No, not even the DM drinks. Uh, your first attack as you rush on up, you're actually considering what weapon you want to use, how you want to engage this thing. You're still being really tactical, and so your first swing goes wide. All right, well then, let's see if I can get him on the, the back swing. Uh, that's going to be a 19. That will definitely hit. Uh, and it will do, do... You need it separated, right? I do. All right, it'll do 12 slashing. Okay. And one necrotic. Okay. Um, does it... Well, I get to re-roll the necrotic, so let me see if it looks like it takes any of it, because uh, I can re-roll a one or a two on the damage dice. Uh, so a four. Does it look like it took any of that? So you slash down with this halberd. The the halberd seems to do a little bit of damage, like very little. It reacts very little. And then as the necrotic energy flares up, the dark halberd, the necrotic energy comes off as a dark smoke. And it looks like the same exact dark smoke as this creature is made out of. It doesn't seem to do anything. Okay. Now we know. Anything else? But at least the the slashing part was magical. 
The slashing part was magical. Yep. Uh, so that's uh, just the 12 slashing. And uh, because I've attacked this thing, uh, my ancestral protectors are surrounding myself and Bernie. And it is being hindered. And so until the start of my next turn, he has disadvantage on any attack roll that isn't against me. As you stand there trying to do your best to shield Bernie, it is Shadow's turn. Okay, so Shadow is going to move up to Bernie's other side, like so he can get like uh, just above her, and and eh, nothing fancy. Just gonna bite this thing. Radiantly bite it is what he means. Sure, <laughs> why not? I don't think he actually did actually. Can Bernie touch? Can Bernie touch Shadow to make his bite radiant? I know that's not in the D and D rules. Not as a reaction, but you know what? If you want to do something on your action, I will be open to options, but not as a reaction. Anyway, Shadow? 18. 18 will hit. Is this a claw or a bite? That's a bite. All right, go ahead and bite down on this thing. Eight points of darnage, piercing. All right. His jaws snap into this this smoky creature and doesn't find as much purchase as as he would like. Hmm. Anything else? Uh, no, that's it. All right. It is this creature's turn. It is going to, um, yeah, it's intelligent enough to know to go after Carlton. It takes a, there's a moment where it's not sure whether it wants to go after, it obviously looks between Carlton and Bernie, as both of them did a fair amount of damage, but Bernie did go after it with radiant damage, but after a moment, it considers things, and it is going to reach out and try to whack Carlton. No. So, ah, but that's not going to hit. 10 is not going to hit. No. And then it is going to move through you, Bernie, to your other side. You have a moment in where this creature passes through you. No. You feel a shiver run down your spine and Coco Snoot whines. And while nothing bad seems to happen... It's disconcerting to have this creature pass through your body to your other side. Bernie's going to put a hand on Coco Snoot's head and just be like, no, no, we don't. We don't like this, friends. We do not like this. No, no, no one's okay with this moment. Um, Jonathan, though, it's your turn. You watch as this weird creature passes through your companion to the other side, hissing and snarling in a weird way. As it passes through, if I get on the other side of it, will I have advantage to attack it? You think so? Okay. I'm going to move right next to it. I'm going to do the finger guns and I'm going to scorching ray it in the back. Pew, pew, pew. Okay. All right. So here comes some scorching ray attacks. Uh, First one is 25. That hits. Second one is 19. That hits. Last one is uh, another 25. All three hit. All right. Go ahead and roll damage. Do you need each ray separately? It's all fire, right? Yeah. Then no, just give it to me total. All right. Uh, that that one becomes a two because my flames are blue and uh, a little bit more powerful than normal. So that is going to be a uh, 19 total. Okay. Uh, Jonathan, it's weird. As your blue flame hits this creature, you expect a lot more damage than this thing seems to react to. It still reacts. It's still taking something. It jerks with each of these blasts, but more of it passes through than into. Hmm. Okay. All right. That's it. All right. From the uh, wardrobe Ugh. next to the one. To, there were two wardrobes. 
Bernie opened the one that was closest to you guys and out came this thing. From the other wardrobe, there is a hissing noise. Of course there is. Not quite the same creatures, but two other ghostly figures. The one that has attacked you is wreathed in these this black thick smoke seems to have more skeletal features these two that come out are more they're almost ghost-like uh but they've got these horrified visages and as they 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 come out no 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 are they like old women horrified visages makes me think of old women clutching their pearls in the face of youthly indiscretion uh, one of them it seems to have a, it's hard to tell there's not a, a complete outline. They are ethereal and it's it's more energy with a face. But one of them does seem to be female. One of them does seem to be male. They're both humanoid-ish, but they're floating off the ground in this weird purplish uh, white light. Jonathan, the magic muscular, I need to tell you that Steven is currently playing a mage and he now has a pearl that he can clutch to regain a spell slot. Those are great pearls. Gee, that sounds familiar. And we call it the Odebra Pearl. (laughs) (laughs) And he must clutch his pearls and say, Odebra. Well, Debra is the name of my sister, so that's weird to me. It's weird, but I thought you'd appreciate it. Yes, thank you. These things come rushing out through the doors of this other wardrobe. One goes straight up to Shadow, the other flanks around Jonathan. Uh, The one on Shadow is going to 18. Is that hit Shadow? Oh, yeah. Okay. He's going to take four necrotic damage, and I need him to make a constitution saving throw. Oh, I have advantage on all saving throws. Sweet. Yeah, as long as he can see you, right? Yep. Let's see. Uh, 18. Yep, he's fine. It it hurts and it chills Shadow, but he's he seems to be okay. Jonathan, you have the same claw coming at you. Uh, that's a 15? Uh, he barely hits me. That's 12 necrotic damage, and I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Uh, I rolled a 1. So oh, dear. Okay. Oh, your cloak. Yeah. Your cloak. Oh, yes, yes. My I activate my cloak. All right. And it was worth a shot. No. <laughs> What'd you roll? Uh, like a seven. Okay. Uh, this horrible creature claws at you. And unlike a, a physical creature, the, the hand and the claw pass through your chest and leave this cold sensation across. Uh, you took 12 necrotic damage, I think it was? Mm-hmm. Uh, your hit point maximum is reduced by 12. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they are done. It is Bucks' turn. Uh, Bucks backs up and looks around for anybody else. Uh, sure, give me a perception check. And 12. Uh, backs up to where and right to the door yeah. that you guys came out of? Cool. He kind of glances behind him. He looks across the room, does not see anything else, but he's keeping an eye out. Top of the round, Travancore, we're back to you. Your friends are being surrounded by crazy things. Okay, having seen what happened with the uh, Scorching Ray that Jonathan tried, he abstains from uh, from charging his flare bow. But this thing in the middle is still Hunter's Mark, so I figure it's a good old-fashioned magic arrow. Might might do some good here. And he rolls a 27. Day, I told you! Did I not tell you? Yeah, that hits. 
Are you using sharpshooter again? No, I'm not. Like, that's just uh, okay. my standard bonus. Like, it already gets a lot, because... Yeah. Yeah. So, ba-doo-ba-doo. All right, go ahead and roll damage. Sure. He's First just sharpshooter all the time with that big of a bonus. Eight plus eight. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so I'll do the regular damage first, and then that's 15 points of piercing, plus the hunter's mark, another three, so 18 total. Yeah, Bernie, you are still locked eyes with this creature as it has passed through you, and all of you have been chilled by this thing, and then, Travancore, how do you kill this creature? Ooh, all right, um, so it's been a rough couple of days for Travancore. A lot of highs, a lot Absolutely. of lows. So, so the best thing for him is to get out in there and, and try and kill some stuff. And uh, and there's a purity and there's a joy in just getting back to doing what he does best. Killing things that try to kill him. And uh, so he just like clears his mind, he focuses, and he feels really good for the first time in a while. And he just lets the arrow fly like it's just target practice. He's, he's, he's chill, he's loose, he's relaxed, and he's feeling good. He lets it fly, kills this thing, this I don't know... Like, whether there's any kind of sound effect that goes when these things kill off, but arrow goes in, this thing dies. Maybe nothing fancy, just simple joys of life. It's as if you have shot a a cloud. As your arrow passes through, the thing just dissipates into nothing, and (laughs) and there's nothing left. Anything else? I've saved Capiti Plane. Um, Shadow is going to use his reaction to attack the guy who's behind him. Sure. It's going to be a good old-fashioned claw. Oh, 20 but not natural. That definitely hits. Rad. Um, that's going to do, ooh, 12 points. Yeah, he slashes into this thing. Again, it seems to not take a ton of damage. Shadow kind of expects more of a reaction. He gets something, but doesn't take as much damage as he would like. Okay. And I guess Dragon Crystal has his bonus action, so he's going to move the, his Hunter's Mark to the one that uh, the Shadow's attacking. Sure. And he will end his turn. A giant full round for Travancore. Uh, Bernie, it's your turn. You are gratified to see that the thing that scared the shit out of you is now dead, but there's still two more similar beings around. Aha, we're going to use a guiding bolt. Okay. On the one that's on Shadow or the one that's on Jonathan? The one that's on Shadow. Sure. Go ahead and roll an attack. So that's a 25 to hit. That hits. Um, and it's just going to be 4d6 radiant damage. Nice. Yeah, that's right. Bernie's, like, sighing over having to use a spell slot on these fools. That's 10. 10 radiant damage. 4d6? Yep. Okay. 3 plus 2 plus 3 plus 2 is 10 radiant damage. Not as much as I would have liked. The good news is, as your guiding bolt goes out and strikes into the thing, unlike the vast majority of the other damage that's been happening, with the exception of Travancore's bow, this thing, it slams into it and it reacts. It screeches in horror, bits of ethereal flesh falling off and turning to dust. Um, and yeah, it, it seems incredibly upset by that. Bernie says... Mr. Tumnus, you are not my friend. Uh, nah, she's good. She's gonna stay there. Carlton, you've also watched this one crazy spectral thing die. Uh, there's still two left. Alright, I, uh, I start, look, I look down at Bernie, I'm like, alright, you good, you cool. Uh, and then I look up and I see that Jonathan is looking much more gaunt. Uh, and so I'm going to swing around, uh, so that I get into flanking and my spirits follow me. See, I also have spirits. Uh, and then I'm going to attack this thing. All right. Uh, which weapon are you using? It's the halberd. 
Okay. All right. Uh, and it's going to hit with a 19. That will hit. And it'll do 13 slashing and four necrotic. Yeah, once again, the ne- yeah. necrotic doesn't seem to do anything, but the halberd does. The yeah. halberd slashes through this thing, and while it reforms after slashing, it looks haggard. It seems like it is shaking in midair. It's, it's almost as if it's about to explode in some weird way. Well, it's guess just- what? I get to do that one more time. It's going to ghost bakake all over us. I'm not looking forward to this. No, no. Uh, not, 23 to hit. Going there. Nope. I'm sorry. Uh, 23 to hit for another 13 slashing. I'm not going to bother with the necrotic. No, don't bother with the necrotic. Uh, the rest of that killed this thing, which does not do the thing that Jonathan said, because we're playing a, a game that I don't use that word. All right. Ugh. So let me see Ugh. here. I still have some movement Ugh. left. Bam. So you do, but you, 5, do, 10, 15, you do kill 20, this one. 25, 30, 35, 40. Cool. With all of my movement, I can then swing around. To get in flanking with uh, my bear buddy. All right. And as you successfully destroy this creature, swing around into flanking, it is bear buddy's turn. What would Shadow like to do? Ooh. Well, Shadow is going to claw this fellow with advantage. Go for it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, big old Ocho for the Oso. Shadow tried. <laughs> Shadow's had a hard day too and has also been drinking since 4 30. <laughs> And these things are scary, and he's already had the experience of clawing through this thing and it not really taking a lot of his damage, so he's kind of second-guessing himself, even as he is getting that advantage, and yeah, he he does sadly miss. Yeah, shame is minor action, and he's done. (laughs) Jonathan, it is your turn. All right, I'm going to back up to where I'm right next to Travancore, and then I'm going to loose some magic missiles on that last guy. All right, roll some damage. All right. Uh, let me mark and off the spell. And magic missile is force. force damage? Yes. Okay. Because I'm a dummy and did something other than force against non-corporeal things. All right. So that's 11 force damage. All right. Those three darts slam into this thing in three different directions. And you do see the body lose bits of itself. Hair seems to ethereally fall out. And it's still there, but it is now looking hurt. At this point, I know what Jonathan's magic missile looks like, and I try to position my halberd to, like, impale it when it comes after, like, gets hit, and it just, I'm, like, one step behind him every single time, like, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the sad thing, Carlton, is it, because it's this weird ghost-like creature, it doesn't move in the way you expect. Like, the the dart hits it from the right, and you expect it to go to the right, but then it kind of goes forward instead. And so you're you're predicting where a corporeal being would be incredibly well, but this thing is weird. Uh, Jonathan, anything else? That's it. <laughs> All right. It is this thing's turn. It is going to... Is it smart enough to know? Yeah, it's smart enough to know. It's going to go after Carlton. Tank's going to tank. Carlton, have you been hit already? No, I haven't. Uh, he's Good, because I... just been hit with a, a dirty 20, not natural. Ooh, I like uh, that term. Can that right, be well, a dirt? Have I used I get hit with the dirt. Yeah, the, the, the dirty 20. Ugh, ugh, stop rolling Six, dice. Ten. So that's 15 necrotic damage, and I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Does anything about your current body... No, half that or anything carlton not necrotic nope only uh the physical ones and my spirit shield is only for other creatures so it will not affect me 
right, so you said a con save? Constitution saving throw. I can do that thing. Let me go ahead and pull that up here after I take off my 15. All right, uh, we're going to go to my core stats, and I am proficient in the con saves. So let's go ahead and see what I do. Oh, Carlton. fuck me. That's going to be on 11. Carlton works this for NPR, is NPR now. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. National Public Radio. Uh, I got an 11. This is going to go wonderfully. This thing reaches into your chest, and you feel it grip your heart and squeeze, oh, and a fuck. coldness overcomes your body as uh, 15 hit points are pulled from you and your hit point maximum is reduced by 15 i'm sorry we need to pause right now yes hi so my father has done much (laughs) explaining to me to keep me from being afraid of things okay and the reason that i do not believe ghosts are real is because my dad once said to me if ghosts were real and wanted to kill you they would simply reach inside your body and stop your heart if a ghost can move a door, a, do- a ghost can stop your heart. There is no reason to be afraid of ghosts. That is 100% true in the real world that we are currently God in. God yes, damn it, absolutely. Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bernie, I'll say this, as you watch Carlton pale a little bit as this thing kalimas into his <laughs> chest, you kind of recognize... These these wraiths for what they might be, which but they is, are done. Which it is, is Bucks's turn. Which is uh, wraiths are you're you're not a hundred percent familiar on your turn. You could roll a couple checks, but you do know they're not ghosts in the sense, but they are undead spirits that have usually suffered some kind of trauma in their death and have unresolved things and are angry and are super pissed off. And they do this. They steal life from living beings. And it sucks. And it's Bucks' turn. Bucks makes a 17 perception check and sees what he sees and does nothing else. Fortunately, he sees nothing else. He's looking behind him. He's looking in front of him. Nothing else. Travancore, you watch as Carlton pales in a very similar way to what Jonathan just did. All right. Hoping the good times continue. All right. Arrow flies. 14, though. 14 does hit. Sweet. Go ahead and roll damage. All righty. 13, regular. Plus three hunters mark, so sixteen total. All right, this thing—it doesn't quite die. You do nail it, and it looks—it's doing that same shimmery thing that the one that Carlton destroyed was doing just before it died. But it is—it is still there. It is Firebear's catchphrase time. Shadow is going to attack this guy with a claw. Oh, and I almost forgot that I have adva- advantage. Uh, so nineteen. 19 does it. Go ahead and roll damage. Eight. Ooh. I like that smile. Describe in gory detail the death of this creature. <laughs> All right, that now, was just This has enough. to be from Shadow's perspective. <laughs> yeah, it's Shadow. He killed this thing. He just, like, even, even though the claw kind of passes through and half that damage doesn't seem to impact this thing, even half of that damage was just enough. So what does he do? Shadow, too, has had a rough couple of days. Um, having been abducted by the evil cousin of, of his beloved Travancore, you know, just consumed with worry about um, about him and about what's going to happen. And as much as he can as a bear. And there's a certain joy in just being able to be useful, to be, like, protect Travancore. That's kind of his, his modus operandi, right? So with immense satisfaction... He bings out his claw, like, swing it back, like, almost like with the gelatin clue, as if to, like, put himself through this thing. 
gets in, and then I'm thinking, because because I killed this thing and I get to dictate the terms of its death, demise, I'm thinking heads are going to fly. Because remembering what, what Evelyn said, that tra- he was coming to collect Traffic Corps' head, it, it, tra- Shadow feels kind of good being able to collect a head of his own. Yeah, it's... It's a momentary head because with this thing, as it dies, it like the others, it kind of and disappears into nothingness. But for a moment, he decapitates the the incorporeal head, which flies and disappears to the right as the body flies and disappears to the left. And you guys are out of initiative. You guys have just successfully destroyed these crazy ethereal beings. And as you take a moment and recover from that horrible thing, what would you like to do? Bernie'd like to heal everyone. I want to go look at that wardrobe that had a fancy cloak in it. I mean, she'd Uh, also like to crawl into the wardrobe and die, but she wants to heal everyone. Well, the thing is, is I'm not currently injured, uh, unless you have something that can restore my maximum hit points. I thought 66. You were 66 out of 81. No, my that thing, when I failed my con save... It lowered my 81 to 66. Just like it did to Jonathan the Magimuscular. Yep. Right, yeah. I would, Jonathan was going to so, see... So, like, your it. healing wouldn't actually heal anything unless you can get rid of the effect of losing my max HP. Hold do on. We, Let me see. Th- is there anything in the Book of Bay about how to do that? While she thinks about that, Jonathan, what were you saying? Uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular would like to make a check to see if he knows what's going on and what would keep, might cure it. Would that be arcana or religion or what? That is an excellent question. Let me take a quick look. Oh my god, D&D Beyond, you're awesome. Would it be the spell magic? It could also be straight intelligence. Here, I'll roll a d20 and see if it makes a difference. Give me give me a straight intelligence check. Yeah, because it's not going to be All a right. specific uh, check. 18. You now recognize this these things as wraiths. Um, and a couple of them were came out of one place. One of them came out of another. You personally don't know of anything except just taking a really long rest just recovering it's it stole your life away without relaxing and resting you don't know of any other way but in fairness you're not a healer so you think you don't have all of the information but you do know that if you get a good eight hours of sleep you'll probably get those hit points back yeah what if we go get a full body massage uh, I don't think that's going to that do be relaxing anything. enough. No, it, it'd have to be for eight hours and we'd have to be asleep during most of that. So that that's not going to work. That's a waste of money. It could help you get that eight hours. <laughs> it, no, I don't know. I've had massages before and they were not relaxing. So yeah, fuck oh. that. Whoa. Uh, I'm sorry. That's too bad. Yeah. I would say that, hey, let's, let's save the spells. We're already kind of fucked. Uh, so let's just roll with it and see what happens. Um, and, and just... I, I guess we'll just be more... I'll, I'll try to steal myself better. The bear the bear needs the healing ring. A bear like took four damage, so if you want to save this spot, like, he, he's barely... Sure. He's okay. Alright, well, then Bernie kind of shrugs and decides to go sit in the, the wardrobe. Yeah, how fancy is this cloak that doesn't look worn? Yeah, the, the cloak that the wardrobe that Bernie is sitting in? Yeah. yeah. She's crying. Okay. As, as Bernie silently cries to herself you grab this cloak yeah you pull off this cloak it's a really nice cloak unlike everything else that's in this wardrobe which looks like it's been there for years decades it's full of holes and everything this cloak looks brand new it is currently a bright blue and it is gorgeous cool 
I figure we can use a nice blue cloak. I'll sling it over my shoulder, and I see, as, like, I pull it down, it kind of, like, reveals the wardrobe a bit more, and I see uh, Bernie's, like, crying in it, and so, like, I throw it over my shoulder, and I kind of get down on one knee, and I hold my arms open. Bernie's gonna hug Carlton, because she needs a hug. I give her a big old Carlton bear hug. While this hugging is going on, Traveling Corps wants to do a roll to see if he recognizes the cloak or anything on the pattern, anything even remotely familiar, especially given who we're tracking. Okay, well, um, you're trying to recognize the cloak as a... You're trying to recognize the garment? You're do- yeah, I want to see if it's anything that's, like, native to Perkanum or Alcara or anything there that's familiar to him in terms of, like, the manufacture or the make of the cloak or the design or the pattern. Roll an investigation check. Ooh, tr- Detective Travancore investigates. 18. Damn, Travancore is the only person who's competent tonight. <laughs> hey, I rolled an 18 on my intelligence check. I know, I'm just kidding. He's just consistently Shh. killing things and rolling Travancore well. Travancore needs this. <laughs> yeah, Bernie, don't don't uh, tempt the dice gods. You never know what'll happen. Uh, Travancore, as, so Carlton slings us over his shoulder and gives Bernie a big bear hug. And Bernie, it, it does, it helps. Like, after being frightened by this thing and now feeling like you can't do what you normally do, being, just getting a, a good solid hug, especially from one of the people you feel like you can't help, it feels better. So Travancore, you get a nice long look at this cloak. Seems like just a regular cloak. It's a, a nicely made one, but it doesn't have any, like, pattern on it and it doesn't seem to be native to any specific land or tailoring or anything just seems to be very pretty that kind of makes sense if she's on the run she's not gonna wear like stuff that could get her spotted so to speak what else would you like to do what else is there to do is there anything in this room that i think would be useful to us or do you press forward can we do a thing yeah this room was a some sort of bed chambers that's why it had the the wardrobes the bed you hadn't really examined too much although most of this place looks like it's seen the ravages of time there are two other exits to this room that i believe shadow had followed the scent of evelyn to both exits one leading to the east one leading to the west Hey, uh, Jonathan. Hmm. Is there, like, an enchantment that's keeping this cloak from being gross? Uh, I don't... Identify is one of the spells I really, 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 really want. So, I can arcane it and see see if... Uh, and guess. Because, I, I like, if it doesn't have, like, moth holes or things... And, like, I get really gross being up in front swinging that axe. Like, if he, like, just sham wild right off of me. Uh, I I think that's indicative of other properties, buddy. Oh, uh, so I will, I will, uh, Arcana at it. You want to roll an Arcana check? Sure. Uh, 16. It seems to be magical. You're not exactly sure what the properties of it are, but that would make sense that it would be the thing to survive. Right. If, if it had some magical properties. If we want to rest for a second, then I can get back some spells and, and then you can, you can use your mind to reach out to the cloak and become one with it. Uh, you know, find out its feelings. Get it. Get it. Get a vibe for it. Attune to it, if you will. Oh, I see what you did there. That's clever. Ah. Travancore thinks of one more thing. Um, I think you want Shadow just to to give it a little good old smell check to see uh, if there's anything there that's uh that's familiar. Sure. He walks up to it. this. This isn't even going to need a roll because he's not. Unlike when he's tracking Evelyn, that requires a little bit more skill and and 
intelligence. This takes... You just have uh, Shadow go walking up to it. He sniffs it. Doesn't smell anything in specific like Evelyn. Doesn't set him off. He... (laughs) And then walks back away to kind of keep a watch out for things. Well, if we want to take the hour to let Shadow roll a hit die... Yeah. Keep an eye out and let Jonathan get a spell. Then I still have one a slot open to see what this thing can do. All right. Yeah. Well, I say we do that. Sounds good to me. I like that plan. I find myself a nice cozy corner. I wrap myself in this cloak and uh, I just uh, embrace myself in it for the next hour. Hey, Carlton. Yes. When you think of this cloak, when you think of wearing a cloak, what do you think it looks like? The way I picture if Carlton wears a cloak, that it looks like... Rifon's duster jacket. <laughs> Damn. Wow. Okay. That's a hell of a cloak. <laughs> That's so mean to do to Jonathan. Well, so an interesting thing happens. You all kind of spread out a little bit to set up, watch a little bit of this room to uh, take the moment. Carlton, you go into a corner and wrap yourself in this cloak. And the for like within 30 seconds of thinking about what you would like this cloak to look like, you look down, it's still a cloak. It is not a duster. But Rifon had this brown leather duster with like panels on it that were a very faint blue. And this is now a brown cloak with panels on it of a faint blue. So it is still a cloak. Cool. But it seems to be mirroring what the duster looked like even if it hasn't changed its form but it it basically kind of did that immediately hmm. okay shadow rolls a hit die recovers all of his health his points okay bernie's still in the in the armoire <laughs> you're just sitting there amongst all it, it's a little musty in there uh but it's it's a little quieter it's kind of nice it's it's like being in a certain closet that might be very good for recording <laughs> Bernie, as you gather yourself, uh, Shadow rolls Touché. his hit dice. You spend the next hour here. Carlton, as you kind of notice this, you come to realize, oh no, I don't have to attune to this thing at all. Um, and you you just realize that with a bonus action, you can just make this cloak look like any style, color, or apparent quality of garment that you would like it to. Hmm. It still will always look like a cloak, though. Is this one of those new Xanthar's items? I've got several pictures I can send you of things I would like it to look like. Those things are so, the common items are so much fun. It is a cloak of many fashions, and I'll, I'll send you the link. But while wearing this cloak, you can use a cloak bonus action to change. many fashions that we wasted it on Carlton's <laughs> guys? A, a Technicolor dream cloak, wow. if you will. It is, while wearing this cloak, you can use a bonus action. I love the shit in Xanthar's. It's the best thing ever. It's great. While wearing this cloak, you can use a bonus action to change the style, color, and apparent quality of the garment. The cloak's weight doesn't change. Regardless of its appearance, the cloak can't be anything but a cloak. Although it can duplicate the appearance of other magic cloaks, it doesn't gain their magical properties. So you just just have a cloak that can change. Oh my god, but you have a cloak we can- You have the cloak- (laughs) You have Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dream Cloak. We could put on- Look. That's now the name of our episode. Yeah. Look, here's Ding. the thing. <laughs> I've been waiting weeks to use that joke. Look, it's fashion. Look, it's fashion week. It's fashion week in winter. In where are we? You're currently in the Undermountain Underwater Deep. In water I'm going deep. to Google I'm different sorry. quotes every week. For those of you Canadians, will understand why I almost said it's fashion week in Winterlude. <laughs>
But Carlton, you do realize that you don't need to attune to this. You could just give it to somebody. We can send Carlton down the runway in the same cloak every time. It'll always be different. Fierce. (laughs) Why do we waste this on Carlton? Julia wants this fucking cloak. Because he's the only one who can pull off blue steel. You're not wrong. You're not. You say that and I I look over and I blue steel you as Bernie's like, why the fuck do we give it to him? And then Bernie sighs and is like, God damn it, Travancore, you're not wrong. (laughs) Bernie, you were too busy getting the most soul-easing hug to notice that Carlton had stolen your cloak. (laughs) Wait, this was her cloak? This was obviously meant for Julia. God damn it. Like, if you thought of any fucking item that was meant, like, if you had to, if seriously, if you had to say, geez, I don't know, who, who was this actually created for? Who did Wizards of the Coast look at and go, she needs this? What? Was it? What? No, not even characters. Not even characters. Oh my god. Jonathan said, like, I love you with a love that is incredibly powerful, but was it meant for you? No. I see I see Bernice getting kind of worked up about this cloak, and all of a sudden it starts changing to a pale green. And then I turn the my back to her. And in, like, a script with, like, red as if it looked like it were spray-painted on, it says, I love you so much. It better Aww. say, I woke up like this. <laughs> 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 it is, we accept the fact that maybe Bernie understands that while she could use a cloak like this in many beautiful ways, perhaps Carlton needs a cloak like this more than she does. Julia Rogers needs a cloak like this. I just want to throw that out there. Oh yeah, Xanathar's is full of shit that Lauren the person wants desperately, but like are not necessarily the most useful magic items for you guys, but but still, it was a nice bait for a wardrobe. We want to thank Polymorph Crafts for sponsoring this episode. Polymorph Crafts offers stylish and affordable ways to carry everything you need game day and stay organized at the table. Their mimic chest starts life as a compact wood chest. That converts into a dice tower and a tray, dice and pen vaults, card stands, a coaster, and plenty of room to carry minis and more. Over 230 tiny magnets in each mimic chest make assembly a breeze and come in three affordable price points with lots of customizable options. So check out polymorphcrafts.com and follow them on Twitter and Instagram at polymorphcrafts. That's polymorphcrafts.com. The wonderful folks behind Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms has given us a code for a free gold chest in their game. What's Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms? Well, it's an officially licensed D&D idle clicker game that you can download and play on your PC via Steam. I've been playing it for a while now, and trust me, it's loads of fun. I usually have it running while I'm editing the audio for our episode. So I'm really excited that we have this offer for our listeners. Gold chests contain five cards from uncommon to rare rarity and give you buffs and sometimes equipment for your champions. Now this code expires on March 25th, 2018 at 9 p.m. Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. Open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. H-O-R-N-S-M-E-E-U-R-D S-N-O-E-L. So use that code 
and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. What would you like to do after an hour of taking a short rest? Well, I guess so we can go east or west. I don't know. Bernie just lives in the wardrobe now. Uh, <laughs> Narnia is uh, not there. Shadow, Shadow, which way do you smell the things? He smells them in both directions. That's the, tr- that's the, tr- that's the trouble. Um, can we, like, poke our head? Perhaps, well, shit. What if, what if, what if, uh, Bernie, like, climbs out of the wardrobe and wipes her tears and pretends like she wasn't crying. And she goes, um, what if we did a head poke? Like, two teams, poking heads, same time. We'll slice the pie, and then we'll quickly pull out, like, we don't want to get our girlfriends pregnant. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Hey, hey, Bear Buddy, do you know what rotten eggs smell like? Oh, I'm sure Shadow knows. Which one of these two directions smell like rotten eggs? Travancore has some lethal farts, man. That's canon. Listen, <laughs> all of you been eating mutton? You all have lethal farts. I didn't know um, mutton gave you lethal... Damn, it's like the apple juice farts. Most of you are on, on a fairly meat-heavy diet, and so, yeah, your farts are interesting. <laughs> My sister's dog gets the meat cats. farts. It's bad. Why do you yeah. think dog farts are horrible? Yeah. Shadow thinks a little bit about both doors. It doesn't seem to have an opinion about any way that smells like rotten eggs. Damn, I was thinking <laughs> sulfur from the devil. Um, Can Bernie do a religion check to see if that's a thing? Uh, sulfur? So, like, the idea that, um, that there would be a smell associated with, uh, devils or imps and what it would be. Sure. Give me a religion check. Let's find out how good I am at religion. You would think I would know this by now, but honestly, friends, I don't. That's a, that's a solid 10. (laughs) You know that there are fiends of all sorts that would have that kind of classic brimstone smell but they would be both devils and demons and you think there's a possibility that other things might smell like that but it's not a wrong assumption it's just not a it's not an assumption that would pinpoint something now in this case it probably would but it's not necessarily the lack of brimstone wouldn't necessarily mean the lack of devil they're powerful beings who could probably take a shower Julia the player also remembers the fact that she had unsummoned this thing. And so she thinks, like, me, the player, also thinks, huh, if there's a lack of that smell, it might just be because the the NPC unsummoned her demon. That was the last thing Travancore saw, was the, the devil being dismissed, as it were. Um, I think if it's on another plane, we might not be able to smell a vision at Carlton. Do you guys want to do the double pie? It's a, there's double pie? There's not actual pie, but maybe we well, just... Yeah, we'll just poke... Two of us will poke our heads out of each side, and then we'll just commit to a side. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Who would like to look at what door? I'll poke east. I'll go west. Yeah, Bucks will go west as well. Bernie, would you like to go... Would you like to look at the east or the west door? I think I'm going... At, I think I said west, so I'm going at Travancore's door. The west. Okay, and Shadow's probably going with Travancore. Jonathan, you said east? Uh, west. With Bucks. You guys are about 40 to 50 feet away from each other. You do have line of sight, but I would like to know, how, are you trying to coordinate your door openings, or are you just 
opening the door when you get there. Bernie's gonna hold up five fingers because she's always wanted to swat some shit. Yeah. So as soon as we get go, 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 uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular is gonna open the door and uh, Bucks is gonna perch on Carlton's shoulder and look as Carlton does. Okay. Are you guys trying to be stealthy about this or are you just opening the doors and taking a look? Are we trying to be stealthy with this? I mean, we this can would try. Be my question. Trying is always good. I mean, I'll say, so the, the options are you could try to be stealthy. It would just crack, you would crack the door a little bit and take a look. You would have less chance, uh, you guys would know, you would have less chance of alerting anything on the other side of the door or anything further down, but you might see less. Or could just open the door, in which case there would be no stealth roll, but you would see everything in the other room. I'm kind of okay with a regular stealth check. I don't want to burn um, I mean, we were just trace. throwing scorching rays and slashing and hacking at a wardrobe, and we hung out here for an hour, so if anything knows that we're here, we weren't quiet about our fight. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. A really and good we've been one. here an hour. All right. Fair. Let's coordinate regular. open the door, then. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay. Who is uh, Jonathan or Carlton who's opening the door? Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan will be. I, I rolled my perception. Okay. Uh, Travancore or Bernie who's opening the door? Travancore, Bernie's looking through his legs. Yeah. Yeah, I'll open the door. <laughs> All right. Uh, and so you guys are oh, not going to stealth. Nose. Just gonna- <laughs> <laughs> Thanks That's for the spin take tools. <laughs> That's what you get for taking my cloak. Um, no, but honestly, oh, seriously, if you, were, if you were knee height, what would you do? I, I know, I know how the mechanics work. Just you saying it made it a reality. Yeah. <laughs> I will say for the purposes of this, you, you climb off of Cocosnoot so you get a clear view through Travancore's legs, but you do have to climb off of Cocosnoot to do that. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I'll, I'll climb back on if I need to. Perfect. All right. Uh, doors open with the appropriate SWAT uh, hand motions. Bernie and Carlton were giving me perception checks. Uh, let's start with Carlton. I got a 22. Okay, so you guys were looking through door to the west. Yes. Looks like it is a hallway that leads about 20 feet to the west and then takes a sharp turn to the north. You do not see any light. Okay. Bernie, what was your perception check? 22. You see a hallway that leads about 40 or 50 feet down, and you have dark vision, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, we all do now that Jonathan's that- got goggles. Yeah. Uh, you see a hallway that leads about 40 or 50 feet down, and then opens up into a room just on the edge of your dark vision. You don't see anything. It's it's a weird room. It seems to be a room that yeah sorry i'm trying to pull up my notes oh okay i'm feeling miserably thing where like my dark vision in so i got it seems to be a room which is exactly the verbal way to describe what it seems to be a room that you can't see this anymore so this room you you don't see the end of the room your dark vision kind of fails at that point the room itself seems to move and turn from worked stone into dirt and natural rock. And you could swear you see some fungus. But that's all you see. What did it look like in Travancore's vision again? I thought it was unworked stone, right? It was a cavern, a small little cavern of unworked stone, he told you. 
Mm. So I think your way's the way to go. Yeah. Bernie yeah. Bernie Bernie does the the motion. The the come at us bro motion to the other group. <laughs> yeah. All right, we move. Cool. All right. You guys are going to head down that hallway? Yeah. Yes. Can I point. can we make some checks? Can we make some checks for traps? Uh, we go sure. down a what, lot of hallways me- that end up in traps and I would just like to prevent this. I would like you to prevent that. I would like you to do all those things. Give me a marching order, and then tell me who is doing the searching for traps. All right. Uh, I guess I'll. I usually take point on these types of things. I'm not going to redraw this, but I'm going to at least put you in marching order. So yep. Carlton in the front. The hallway seems to be about ten feet wide before it opens up into this room, so you can't be too abreast. Can I perception check? I feel like Travancore's our trap checker, right? Yeah, it's perception, right? Detective so- Travancore. Well, that's actually a perception, not an investigation. But yeah, that actually makes sense that I would I would check. So I'll I'll I'll, I'll hang up front with with Carlton. And I'll check for uh, for traps. Bernie will go in the middle. Jonathan, how about you and Bucks and Shadow? Also, she's back on Coco Snoop. Yeah, Jonathan will be right behind uh, Bernie with uh, Bucks on his shoulder. All right. And where would Shadow like to be? Like uh, next to to Bernie, because I feel like for the first time in a long time, I'm thinking Bernie might trust Shadow now more than she trusts Travancore. <laughs> You are correct, sir. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Shadow is still cautious and gentle around Bernie, sensing that he's still earning that trust. But yeah, for the first time in a while, they walk together with an ease that you you haven't seen in a while. As you head down this hallway, yeah, I will take a perception check from Carlton or Travancore. Right, Can I perceive one of the two? Or, yeah, one of yeah. you is going to be leading the way on this. So... I'll say, I'll give you, whoever is going to take it, I'll give you advantage with help from the other one, but I just want one check from one of you. Okay. Well, I have a plus six perception. If yours is higher. You're slightly better than me. Okay, cool. And I have advantage. That's why you're Detective Travancore. Well, all right. All right. I put on my my hat and and put my pipe. Let's see here. And with advantage... Oh, hey, (gasps) everybody drink. Oh, shit. See, I told you Travancore was going to save our lives tonight. Did you get a natural 20? I did. did. So that's a 26, but everyone at home, drink it, because that's a natural 20. Nice. Cheers. You head down this hallway, which two-thirds of it are worked stone laid down like most of this complex has been. And then it very slowly peters out into rough rock, slightly carved to be a passageway but certainly not the slabs of cobblestone that you're used to the worked hallways the sconces for torches you even see patches of dirt and at the entranceway to the room that bernie had described for you as you approach yeah travancore you very clearly see a bear trap just lying right in the entranceway to this door it is wow it is Basically, they're hoping that you wouldn't notice it in the darkness, but it is directly in the the doorway of this room. There's no door; it's just the entranceway into the room. Yeah, I'm, giant bear. Trap. Travis, of course, triggered by this. He's uh, he's like, all right, cousin, we're gonna have words when we t- when we finally meet. Even Bernie thinks that's that's a little underhanded. Yeah, yeah. it is a giant. Like when I say bear trap, it's not. A bear trap that is going to, like, it is taking up practically the 10 feet wide of this hallway. So you clearly see it, like, 
you're within 15 feet of it when you see it, but you feel like you're going to have to deal with it to get past. There's no going around. Fireball. It. So there's n- it, it's 10. It's I was going to say it's 10 feet long, right? Uh, it Carlton, looks like it's made of metal. Carlton, as you peer at it, what were you doing, Jonathan? I'm going to firebolt the middle of it and try to set it off. Wait, can't you just use Mage Hand to, like, set the trap off? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no. That's so... Hold, I, uh, okay. Too late. All right. Oh, no. Nope. I, Jonathan, I would like you to roll an attack roll. All right. No, that's... that's. Fine. I was hoping it was, like, normal size so I could uh, bear trap punch someone. Or throw a rock at or something. I don't know. 24. So firebolt is, is just one, right? That's not the three... Right. Okay, you see it and instinctively, as Travancore points it out to you, and now you see it, you just, and you nail it, and the thing, from the force of your impact, snaps closed, and it's so large that it practically jumps into the air and makes this horrible clang, which I had to move away from the microphone to do, (laughs) clang into the air, and then falls over the side, clang, 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 clang. And then kind of falls to the side. It's not attached to anything. So as it snaps closed with veracity, that would probably have hurt someone super bad. It makes a racket as it falls over to the side. Uh, Jonathan the Mad Muscular stands there with a smoking finger gun and then kind of like rubs his chin. He's still got his finger gun up. It's still smoking. And uh, and he th- and he says, you know, Bernie... Jonathan the Magimuscular has considered your suggestion of Magehand for future traps. Jonathan the Magimuscular will remember that. <laughs> Bernie just like bows her head and massages the bridge of her nose. <laughs> do you want a Magehand for that? <laughs> yeah, as you do that, you start feeling a scalp massage that's like ghostly and it's my Magehand like trying and, to massage like, your scalp. She's been making this noise the whole time and it's uh, uh. <laughs> and right as your mage hand touches her, she goes, uh, uh-uh. Okay, all right. But the bear trap, while loud, has been taken care of. And uh, Travancore, you can see a little <laughs> bit more into this room. Yeah, Jonathan the Magic Musker says under his breath, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> He rolled a 20 on his his ego check. Yeah, he did. Always. (laughs) You can see a little bit more into this room. You can see that the the room itself is almost completely a room of natural stone and dirt. And you see what looks like a hole in the wall that leads to blackness. Not even you can really see beyond that. The room itself is of a fairly large size. It's maybe 40 or 50 feet around, uneven. And you see there seem to be like the remains of a mural on the left that you can barely see. You'd have to actually enter the room to get a good look at it. And there are mushrooms all over the place. In fact, you can, now that you see them, you realize, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I recognize that smell. The, this, that kind of weird, it's not musty, but that, that portobello mushroom smell, as it were. And there seem to be a lot of them. This, this place has a little bit of moisture in it and seems to have propagated some mushrooms. Jonathan the Magic Muscular is going to kind of stop and be like, we've run into weird mushrooms that have like screamed. Some have like released poisonous shit. So we probably want to be a little careful with these. Yeah, do any of them look like the Whalen's mushrooms? Uh, roll a perception check. 
I would love to. Oh dear. No. I no, think no. I might need to roll wow. one too. A double double onesies. Oh no. <laughs> Travancore, once again, only competent person in the party. Like I go to I go in for a closer look and Travancore just dad hands me. Travancore's like, no, <laughs> no. Nah, bro. Just, nope. Nah. Since I asked for it from Carlton, since he was always like, Is are any of these the whale and mushrooms? Carlton, why don't you go first? What was what'd you roll? Eleven. Okay. You don't see any that look like the one from Whalen. The one from Whalen was distinctive. It was huge. It was like the size of Bernie. None of these are that size. Travancore, what'd you roll? 19. There are definitely not any of those screamers in here. The one that, that Whalen had. All of those were the size of Bernie and none of them are that size. In fact, you actually recognize a couple of the mushrooms that are in here. M- many of these seem to just be naturally occurring anywhere where there's going to be a little bit of water and a little bit of, of darkness and a little bit of moisture and yeah, mushrooms. A lot of these seem to be natural. For, you'd have to get a little closer to identify more of them, but none of them seem to be unnatural arcane sentient weird screaming bernie and jonathan what did you guys roll since you're a little further back bernie got a six uh jonathan the med muscular got a four which serves you bright <laughs> mushrooms what mushrooms what are you talking about i you like mushroom risotto <laughs> oh my god mushroom risotto is so fucking good <laughs> it's really good but at the moment neither of you see anything I guess Travancore heads in a mushwardly direction that reminds Jack the player of Kennett Square, Pennsylvania and their mushroom festival. What? Oh, yeah. yeah I used to live in Westchester, and uh, we, a couple times, we it's also in the same county as Kennett Square, known for Longwood Gardens. My, my, my mom's one of the fa- favorite places on earth because it's like a big garden, but also home to a mushroom festival. They grow a lot of mushrooms in Kennett Square. When is this mushroom festival? I'd have to look it up and get you back to you offline. I don't remember off the top of my head. Do that, please. You got it. Both Bernie and Jules are very intrigued. Okay, Travancore, you ease into the room carefully, taking a look around. There seems to be actually not just mushrooms growing out of the natural dirt of this part of the cavern, but there are two or three, for better word, planters, large pots about two feet tall, worn and aged and weathered but still holding their own that have like little tiny mushroom terrariums in them on your left you can see that the wall itself most of it is natural stone but there are a couple of places in where the stone has been shaved flat so unlike where you've been where it's been placed mortared stone this is just someone has taken a, a, a moment to flatten out the stone and drawn a mural it seems to be a, a seascape maybe someone on the the edge of water deep looking out into the ocean it's hard to tell. The Most of the, the paint has flaked off. It's worn with age and time. This is obviously something that might be hundreds of years old. The planters themselves are fairly simple, the two of them. They don't have any adornments on them. And a cursory example, you can see that most of the, the mushrooms and fungi that are in there seem to be relatively normal-ish. Some of them have a little bit of, of a a glow to them but you do know that that's also something that some give off 
the western wall of this room. You've entered from the east going west. The western wall is a giant hole. And now that you've entered the room, you can see why you didn't really notice anything from your dark vision. It is a, a large 15-ish foot hole that then sinks down. And as you step into the middle of the room, you do see where this hole leading down into the depths of the earth is. There are pitons into the ground and what seems to be a rickety ladder, one of those rope ladders leading down into the darkness. I'm going to check with my resident fire bear to see if the scent is still strong in this room or in that direction. Go ahead and roll me a survival check for Shadow, unless Coco Snoot or Bucks wanted to enter the room. Yeah, Bucks is going to do something else here real quick. Okay, then just Shadow. Give me a give me a survival check. 23. Okay. There's a moment as Shadow enters the room, he's, he's following the scent, in where obviously these mushrooms are giving off some spores. There's a scent in the room that's palpable to all of you, that's that weird, musty, ugh, there's black mold in the walls kind of shit that distracts him for a mere moment before he makes a beeline for that rope ladder that leads down into the darkness. Okay, right. that's pretty... Yeah. Uh, I was going to see if there were... If there was... This was maybe made by a cave dragon, uh, but... Jonathan, what do you know about a cave dragon? Uh, I know they're big and they live in caves, presumably. Yeah, uh, ergo, it probably Roll me a digs. nature check. Roll me a nature check. Boom! That is a 25. Damn! Natural 20. Not 20. Everyone drink. If I had booze left, I'd drink it. <laughs> Out of wine. I was about to say, you, you haven't done any research on this thing, so... Mm. He doesn't I, he was need using, to. I, you know, Jonathan the, Magi Jonathan the Magimuscular and Jonathan the Player both don't know anything about cave dragons, except what they're called. So if a dragon lives in a cave, presumably it digs. And presumably it might be this big. Well, so you look at this hole and you think about the little that you might know about cave dragons. They are not standard dragons. You've only ever heard of them in rumors. They're not like the brass or the, metal the, the metallic or the, the chromatic. They are secretive and rare. And without doing more research, you really wouldn't know much about much more about their habits but you do remember a piece of lore that yeah they're they're able to dig and they're able to burrow even through solid rock and this 15 foot radius hole depending on the size of this thing it could probably make it now dragons in general are served by cobalts and you all know that there is a at least veng ashstalker and a small army of cobalts that are serving this thing so it's also possible that they have dug this thing out but as you peer down this hole as travancore kind of points it out as shadow confirms that this way is where evelyn has at least gone in the past you can see the it's come directly up there is no zigzagging there's no going a little bit to the west a little bit to the east kind of uh going back and forth like a stairway would go it has gone directly below you from darkness up to you and it seems like this would be something a a cave-like dragon would create but also evelyn has come this way so huh shadow is pretty clear about that too guess there's not much to it, but check this rope ladder for any kind of trap or anything like that or sturdiness. 
Sure, roll me an investigation check. Detective Travancore investigates again. This time, it's personal. Actually, it's been personal this whole time. Ah, 12. It's a rope ladder. It seems to be fairly stably pitoned into the rock up top, and it seems to be relatively new. Like, you know, within the last couple of weeks, months, unlike everything else that you've come across that have been eons. This is something recently. Seems fine. It is a single rope ladder, and you are unsure how uh, Shadow or Coco Snoot or maybe even Carlton are going to navigate this thing. It's a small rope ladder. It might be cobalt size. I was about it's about size, right? It, it, does it look suitable for kobolds? It it looks like uh, it'd be okay for you, Travancore, and Jonathan. Looks like it'd be more than enough for Bernie. Carlton, you might be a little like it doesn't seem to be attached to the walls it goes down and it seems to be a bit small and you have no idea how you're gonna get cocos newton shadow down this thing should we try the other door and see if because if the cave dragon is down there then we'll have to deal with both cave dragon and evelyn if she also went the other way it's possible we might only have to deal with evelyn and possibly necromancer yeah i feel like it we know we know what this is. It's the hole. We got rid of the bear trap. It might be worth backtracking and checking the other direction. I mean, you guys could always send me down once we know what's the other way. Yeah, and I can take care of Coco Stoot and his climbing ability. Okay, um, please don't turn my dog into a spider. I can give him the quality of a spider without turning him into one. Okay, that's a really good compromise. <laughs> All right, so you guys are going to back out and go to the other door? Yeah. Oh, by the way, okay. Itchy and Scratchy Land have been perfect up until just a moment ago. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> Deep nothing. cut, Jonathan. Deep cut. Hey, I say, I actually, at this point, say possibly more than I say possibly. It's a reasonable position. <laughs> yes, well, I'm from Utica and I never heard it. No, it's more of an Albany expression. Are you guys going in the same order? Uh, Travancore and Carlton, then Bernie and Shadow, then yeah. Jonathan yeah. and Buffy? Oh, yeah, so. Okay. All right, so you guys basically turn around. You go back through the way that you fought the wraiths. You head to the other door, which, as I had described, turns into a hallway that leads... Uh, it goes a couple of more feet to the east before turning north. Travancore and Carlton give me perception checks as you peer around the corner. Huh. Well done, the both of you. Carlton? I got a 24 looking around. Okay, 24, and Travancore? 23. Okay. The two of you actually notice quite a bit as you kind of casually peer on the corner. The room that you see down this hall is cut short by a cave-in. The, there's no light in this room, so it's really only your dark vision that lets you see anything. And as you peer around, there is a smell that is... It kind of reminds you of that snake creature that you fought before that had that weird mixture of necrotic death, but also not undead. It's, it's, it's a smell that neither of you like. It's a smell that makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. Uh, you don't see anybody. It seems to be a room that uh, you can enter that maybe only 20, 30 feet are still available before there is this rock slide. The, the back wall has just been 
torn asunder and the whole room looks like it was basically destroyed and you don't see any other exits but you do on the edges of your vision see random gleaming bits of stuff that might have been left over i turned to travancore and i'm like do you smell that i do it wasn't me (laughs) (laughs) i walked right into that one God damn it. Not only did you walk into it, you knew what was coming, but you gave it to him because you're that kind of friend. Because you're a good friend. There are so many fart jokes in this episode. Yeah. 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 All right. What would you guys like to do? Nothing to it. I mean, is there any way to tell how recent the cave in was? Not without getting closer. All right. Let's uh, proceed cautiously and get closer because there's also something shiny. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't really want to die today. As you guys enter the room, the smell of decay and death gets even more powerful. It's as you actually cross the threshold into what was a room that has now been cut off by this this landslide. It's powerful enough that even without seeing the source of this thing, your eyes water a little bit. Is there like a religion check Bernie could do that like, I mean, Bernie could like... I don't know, to have, like, an under better understanding of what's going on. Like, I feel like if she's reading through religious texts, she might get something that's like, this smells like this. Like, could she do a check to see? Well, let me describe what you what you see and what you smell, and then, yes, okay. there will be some checks that you can definitely do. So Travancore and Carlton are kind of leading the way into this room, but you guys are, are close behind. You don't see anyone in the room. Uh, neither of you saw any traps leading to this area. The walls itself, as you enter the, the threshold and kind of look into this room, but you can see on the wall on the right-hand side what must clearly be bloodstains and maybe a an iron implement or two that looks suspiciously like torture implements the walls are splattered with blood there are metal implements lying all over the ground some of them hook like and devious in their nature and the smell is nasty it's it's this familiar smell of death and this unfamiliar smell of undeath even with your encounters with undead this smells wrong all of you feel the all of you feel goose flesh a shadow growls coco snoot doesn't want to enter the room bucks box and flies back to your shoulder jonathan Mm -hmm. and it just it feels wrong but you do see in the wreckage of whatever has happened here, there are some things left on the floor. You see some things, uh, especially with those perception checks from before, you see some things in the the stonework that has fallen into this room. Bernie, go ahead and roll an intelligence check. Why intelligence? Because this has nothing to do with religion, sadly. Or maybe not sadly, actually. That's a five. You can only equate this smell to that weird snake creature that you encountered before. It reminds you of that thing, but it doesn't, nothing else sparks your memory. I have a really bad feeling about this, guys. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like there's much going here anyway, so. Even if she was here, like, she's not here now. So, I mean, unless. I, I think there's something here. Remember that snake thing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my buddy hiss. Yeah, that 
that wasn't your friend. We established. Yes, he was. No, we had. Remember the conversation we had afterwards about um, charming and how not everything that says it's your friend is your friend and and stranger danger. But he was so nice. Yeah. Yeah, Carlton, nice is different than good. No, we're not getting back into, into the woods because we don't have enough time for that. Uh, Carlton and Travancore, with your perception checks from before, having kind of led the whole group into into this room, you now can discern with a little more detail some of the stuff that you saw from down the hallway. There's a smashed jar on the right-hand side. You see glass splattering the walls. The contents spilled out seem to be eyeballs. Some of them are squished. <gasps> are we gonna fight a Zelda dungeon? Yes, you're in a Zelda dungeon. Always. I was gonna say, is there any way to ascertain whether the blood, what the, what being the blood that's around here came from? Like, if it's draw blood, for instance? Roll a nature check. Cool. Right. Well, Beastmaster. Bonus is pretty good for this. Let's take a look. Only competent party member. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> 22. Uh, so you walk on over to the wall with the what clearly must be some kind of torture implements that there's no other way of describing what these things are. The blood is old and dried and you sniff it a little bit. You feel the, the flakes between your fingers. It's hard to tell, but you're pretty sure this was humanoid of some sort. It could be drow. Probably not a, a creature, a, a beast of some sort. Um, as you enter the room, go ahead and roll an investigation check. Well, nine. So much for that competence streak. That's okay. Okay. You are engrossed with the wall of blood, and it's it's disturbing, and you're not quite sure what to think of it. It's okay. Mr. Rogers once told me we all get engro- engrossed with walls of blood from time to time. It's nothing to be ashamed of. That I'm his neighbor and he still My loves dad me. told you what? No, Mr. No, I see what you did there. <laughs> Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Keep walking into these punchlines. Anyone else want to do anything else in this? It, there doesn't seem to be any other exits to this room. If there was, they were obviously uh, consumed by whatever caused this cave-in. You said that we kind of saw some sparkly bits. Is it look like the gold wire that we saw in the uh, room with Hiss? Go ahead and roll an investigation check. Uh, ooh. 19. So a lot of it is this smashed jar of eyeballs on the right-hand side. That seemed to be what little tiny bits of light, ambient light that are in this, this area glinted off of that. But you do see that the landslide, for lack of a better term, that has taken over this room, whatever has caused it obviously has churned up a few other things. And you can see within the rocks... A couple of bits of of metal that seem to be more of those implements. You see bits of a broken piece of table. You do see a couple of small bits of wire. It seems to be maybe only about a, a foot long at most, but you do see a couple bits of those gold wire. And then you find a torn off page of a book, a journal, a something. It seems to be a third of a page with some writing on it. I grab like what looks like to be part of a book, and I shove it to Jonathan. I'm like, "You like to read?" Uh, yeah. I, I, I take it, and I'm like, "All right, let's have a look." Uh, what languages do you speak, Jonathan? Common and Draconic. You don't know what this says. Uh, I'll take a look at it. Yeah, that's my resident polygot. 
I don't even have to ask because it is written in Elvish. Oh, uh, that works. Travancore, the strong, sure calligraphy of Elvish comes through. And as I said, it's it's just maybe like the bottom third of a page, a single page that has been either ripped off or somewhere in this disaster of this room, torn free and, and come with this book. It's only the one side. You don't see anything on the other side. And it says, The true name, then the process can begin. Once warded against madness, you must obtain enough fresh flesh to craft the pages and additional flesh to craft the cover. The flesh must be from recently sacrificed humanoids, with the correct rites performed during the process. To ensure that the heart and fury of hellfire is contained within its pages, it is recommended the sacrificed victims are killed with fire or heated implements. Once crafting is complete, then the rite of binding must be performed to inscribe the full, true name of the devil into the Agrippa. If successful, the correct arcane words will appear and the Agrippa will be complete. If you fail, then no amount of warding and preparation can prevent your soul from being ripped apart. Despite its size, the Agrippa is quite fragile. Take care to place it in a safe location, as any magical damage can render it destroyed. While it can protect itself from tampering, there is little... And then you reach the end of the page. She was here. And I, I read this out loud as I'm reading it to the group, and I say, she was here. Yo, yeah, she was here. But where did she go? Just knowing that uh, any magic can destroy the the, Agri the Agrippa, that's that's good to know. That Agricola. And I go, I look at Jonathan and I, go, I like slam my halberd into my hand and grip it. I'm like, yeah. I mean, we all we all have magical implements. Would you we can say you grip it? He grips. He grips it so it. good. <laughs> we have a grip on the situation. Travancore, as you read this, this doesn't seem to be like a letter. The 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 phrasing and the the even though it's written in Elvish and so your first instinct is oh this must be from Evelyn the phrasing and the way it's it's read it seems like an instruction manual and it might have been written by Evelyn you don't know who wrote it obviously but yeah. this doesn't seem to be this seems to be a bit of a instruction book yeah and I kind of got gathered like that as far as that goes. And I figure that this is these instructions he was following. That's why I kind of inferred that she was she's here. Nothing for it but to double back, though. I mean, that narrow passageway seems to be our only option. I think we're going in the hole. And with that, we'll stop there. I was hoping you'd finish that that line. I I gave you a moment just in case somebody wanted to say something else. But how how can we not end on? I think we're going in the hole. Yeah. And uh, next week we will pick up with you guys back in the room. You you head back over to the room with the mushrooms and the the ladder leading down, and you can decide how you want to dive into the depths of the earth. But first, experience must be given for the wraiths that you killed for uh, examining the room. For Carlton's hug, Aww. and Bernie hiding in a in a in a wardrobe, and finding some some pertinent information in a landslide, I will give you a total of six thousand five hundred experience to split between the four of you. Next week, we will see what leads down the deep dark hole deeper into the undermountain. Deep, 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 deep. deep, deep. The deep dive. The deep, deep dive. The deep dive of deepness. Thanks for listening to our adventure. 
If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Michael Lapointe, aka Vazarus, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.